This program was recorded for broadcast at this time. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And this is my time. Keep it here as Roger talks about local and national issues important to you. Talking with the leaders and newsmakers in our community. And now, here's Roger. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show, the program that's dedicated to preserving, protecting, and defending America's founding traditions of God, family, country. It's especially great, as I've been saying these past several weeks, especially wonderful to be with you during these trying times. It's great to have something that's a little bit consistent as our lives, all of our lives have been so dramatically disrupted by the situation that has resulted in this virus, COVID-19. And uh, I know it's a frustrating time for everybody. It's uh, me included, but it's wonderful to have this time every week, a few minutes every week to, to reconnect with you and share um, things that are happening that are relevant to our, to our constitutional rights and bring on great guests that are helping uh, out on the front lines defending our constitutional rights and our founding traditions of God, family, and country. We have two of those on our program today. Second half of the show, we're going to hear from Representative Anthony Sabatini, who represents Lake County in the Florida legislature. And he is literally on the front lines, (laughs) illegally, because he's also an attorney, of helping to reopen Florida. And we're going to talk to him. And he's also established a reputation as a staunch advocate for the constitutional rights of citizens and our freedoms. In just a moment, we're going to be joined. We look forward to being joined by Gretchen Smith. She is the founder of an outstanding organization, which is was founded to assist our military veterans and help them navigate the many problems and obstacles veterans encounter when they reenter civilian life. It's Code of Vets is that organization, and we're going to hear from its founder, Gretchen Smith, who's also a United States Air Force veteran as well in just a moment. Before we go to Gretchen Smith, though, I want to, of course, let you know that our program and all the programs you hear right here on the new AM 950, FM 94.9, The Answer, are sponsored and supported by Florida Door Solutions. As you already know, Florida Door Solutions is a locally owned company built on the foundation of knowledge, professionalism, and commitment to their customers. Florida Door Solutions supports the programs you hear on our stations and the strong messages of patriotism and support for our free enterprise system. To find out more, you can find them at FLADoor.com. That's FLADoor.com. Or just give them a call at 866-FLA-DOOR. Now let's go to Gretchen Smith, United States Air Force veteran, founder of Code of Vets. Uh, Thank you for joining us, Gretchen. I know you're calling us uh, by phone from... Murfreesboro, Tennessee area, and and so it's great to have you joining us today. Thank you, Roger. It's a pleasure to be with you. Um, I'm just so excited about um, sharing our mission, what we're doing with with Code of Vets. Yeah, I I found uh, Gretchen and Code of Vets uh, on Twitter. I've gotten to where I'm reactivated myself on Twitter, and there's a lot of great patriots on Twitter right now, and Gretchen is certainly one of those. And uh, Gretchen, I'd like to and of course, we're staunch uh, at you know, supporters of the United States military on our program as well. Gretchen, I'd love to first have you talk a little bit about your father because he was the inspiration of you know, your founding of the Code of, Vet, of Code of Vets. And he was Sergeant Danny E. Smiley. He was um, Bronze Star, awarded the Bronze Star, and he became a 100% disabled Vietnam veteran for, uh, as a result of being exposed to Agent Orange. And he uh, lost his battle with that at the age of 57. Can you just talk a little bit about your father, Sergeant Danny Smiley? Yeah, my, you know, when my dad came back home from the war, he just was a, a changed man, a troubled soul. His behavior was chaotic because of his spirit on the inside. I, I truly believe that's how he felt on the inside. It just was a direct reflection of his behavior. And, you know, Dad lost his battle with PTSD back in 2005, and I wanted to do something to honor his life, his service, and his death. Um, He was my—I call him my airborne angel. Um, And even though he was a troubled soul, he was—you know, he's my dad, and and I love him, and I miss him every day. So 
that I just wanted to make sure that, you know, his life, his death mattered, uh, and I wanted to leave a legacy um, for him. And so I started Code of Vets in his honor and it on Twitter. Uh, it was a Twitter page, and uh, I did it to interact with veterans. I'm a veteran, and, I, you know, I shared my dad's story, his journey from a daughter's perspective, and it just exploded from day one. There were so many veterans that resonated with that journey, his story, and, you know, they reached out to me and just in messages saying, Gretchen, that I was on the same path as your dad, or I am on that path right now. And they just started sharing their stories, their journeys, and said, will you, you know, will you share, you know, on a video what I'm going through? And so it just kind of organically grew uh, from a Twitter page into a nonprofit. They started sharing their needs. I started hearing, listening to them and what their needs were. And it was just the need was so great. And I found a niche. So we uh, are a 501c3. We operate purely on social media platforms to raise awareness about what is going on in our veteran community on a daily basis. And I use individual veteran stories, their crisis, their need to share with the nation, you know, what it's like to be a veteran, what is going on in their lives, how can we assist, how can we support them. And within a matter of hours, we can secure veterans and their families by this unique way that we are honoring them. So I'm so excited to, you know, to be on here to, you know, to share our mission and to talk about what we do, it, what we do, how we do it. Um, it's just, it's been a God thing from day one. It's it just, <laughs> I can't tell you how quickly it's, it's outgrown me. I'm just following it. It has a, it has a life of its own. Well, it's been a thrill for me to find you on Twitter, and uh, it's truly inspirational, the messages you send and the, and the work that you're actually doing to help uh, real, uh, to make a difference in the lives of, of real veterans who are encountering problems and difficulties. I do want to share with our listeners, Gretchen, you know, part of your, your mission, if you will, as, as uh, you posted on your website, and that is, may no soldier go unloved, may no soldier walk alone, may no soldier be forgotten, may no soldier be left behind when they come home. And uh, can you just maybe expound on that a little bit? Yeah, you know, when, when our veterans, when, when we, because I, I experienced this, experience this, when we transition from military life back into the civilian world, it, it, it's a tough time because you miss that camaraderie, you miss that structure. You, the military lifestyle is unique. So it, it's, it's good to have a segue or some sort of mechanism in place to help these veterans make that transition. And right now, we, we don't have that. So I feel like grassroots organizations like Code of Vets can step in and take younger veterans under their wings and just say, hey, let me let me help you through this. We've helped quite a few younger veterans or younger military service members as they're coming out, find their way. We actually came across a, a Marine. Um, his mom had brought him forward. And this is just, you know, one of many stories. He's 23, roughly 22 years old. He had dragged a couch out into a lot in um, California and was sleeping out there. He had some mental issues that he needed uh, to have addressed. He didn't have a great support system. His mom didn't know what to do with him, so she contacted Code of Vets, and he ended up being admitted into a VA hospital out there. But we, there's so many stories out there like that where, you know, when veterans come out and they feel overwhelmed or they have PTSD or TBI or any other kind of mental issue that they're trying to work on themselves without knowing how to navigate the VA system because it's overwhelming. It's a huge bureaucracy. The paperwork is endless. And by the time they're done with the paperwork, they would just want to bang their heads against the wall. So what we try to do is wrap our wrap our arms around them, so to speak, digitally, help them navigate the system, get their paperwork through properly so that it's approved the first time, or get them into an appointment. Because if you're on the phone with a veteran who's suffering, uh, and you let them know that you're their advocate, you're their voice, and you kind of and you know the system. That's going to cause the other person on the other end, the employee, to perk up and say, "I better do my job. Somebody's watching. You know, somebody's uh, you know on my shoulder." So that's it. That's one of the, the things we do here at Code of Vets to honor our veterans and to make sure that they're not left behind, um, because a lot of them feel like they are. They feel like they're walking this path alone. And, you know, just with everything I went through with my dad, I just want them to know that you're not alone. We've got you. Um, all you have to do is reach your hand out, and we will help you find a solution to whatever is going on in your life. That's one of the 
uh, great things about what you do. I know, and one of the really sad things, really, about you know, I guess, life in America is that so many veterans struggle and have such difficulties when they come back. And and part of after that, you know, literally risking their lives, you know, putting their life on the line to protect our freedom and security. And then when they come back, they, um, you know, and some of these are, um, are just bureaucratic, uh, you know, obstacles, you know, that, that uh, by no fault of their own. And you know, that's why I really wanted to have you share with our listeners today, Gretchen, and I'm really glad that you're here. Friends, we're speaking with Gretchen Smith. She's a United States Air Force veteran. She's the founder of an or- the organization Code of Vets. And the organization was founded to assist U.S. military veterans and help them navigate the many problems and obstacles they encounter when they reenter civilian life. The organization Code of Vets is dedicated to Gretchen's father, Sergeant Danny E. Smiley, a veteran of Vietnam who passed away at 57 of complications of PTSD and Agent Orange. And he was a Bronze Star Medal recipient as well. And Gretchen, we're going to go to a break in here in just a moment. When we come back, I look forward to asking you about your service specifically and uh, some more, um, have you share some more stories of the ways that you have um, you help veterans in their lives and then also, you know, Charlie, you've paired with Charlie Jan- Daniels, country singer uh, Charlie Daniels, who was a great patriot uh, on a project. And I'd love to have you share about that when we come back and when we, when we continue to speak with Gretchen Smith, Absolutely. founder of Code Thank of you. Vets. Before we go to break, I want to, of course, give you a word from some other great patriots. And that's Glenn Tatum and the great guys over at Glenn Tatum Septic. The mission of Glenn Tatum Septic Service is to provide their customers and community with a company whose top priority is professionalism, courtesy, and quality, while also creating new and lasting relationships through honesty, integrity, and hard work. Glenn Tatum Septic, an officially designated essential business, they are still on the front lines providing emergency septic service. You can find out more at TatumSeptic.com. That's TatumSeptic.com. Or just give them a call at 407-814-9098. That's 407-814-9098. And be sure to tell them Roger Franklin Williams sent you. And before we go to that break and before we come back, I'll continue our discussion with Gretchen Smith, founder of Code of Vets. I want to let you know, take a moment to tell you about our the guys over at Apopka Moore and Equipment Repair. They are still open as an essential business, and they are continue to be your one-stop center for all of your lawn and garden needs. At Apopka Moore, they sell the best mowers and power equipment products in the business. Steel power equipment products, Toro, Skag, Bad Boy Mowers, to name a few. It's Apopka Mower and Equipment Repair. It's where they sell the best and they fix the rest. They're located at 2975 West Orange Blossom Trail. That's Highway 441 north of Apopka between Plymouth Reno Road and the 429. Find out more at apopkamower.com. We'll be right back on the Roger Franklin Williams Show with Gretchen Smith, founder of Code of Vets. Please stay with us. Welcome back. Good to have you here for the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. It's great to be with you to share a little more time, the time that we have together every week. And it's particularly gratifying to join you now during these troubled times. I have two great guests for you on the program today. Of course, our mission on the Roger Franklin Williams Show is to protect defend America's founding traditions of God, family, and country. A little bit later, we'll be joined by Representative Anthony Sabatini, who's doing an outstanding job in the Florida legislature protecting our civil liberties, our constitutional rights. Right now, we're speaking with Gretchen Smith, United States Air Force veteran, founder of an outstanding organization which was founded to assist our U.S. military veterans and help them navigate the many problems and obstacles veterans encounter when they re-enter civilian life. The organization is Code of Vets. We're going to go back to Gretchen Smith in just a moment. Before we do, of course, I want to 
give you a quick word from our friends over at Network Sound and Video. Network Sound and Video is officially closed right now, at least to walk-in traffic, but they are still hard at work behind closed doors working on your precious memories and making sure that they last forever. And you can continue to drop off your precious memories and have them get to work on them. Just call Vito and make an appointment. Come by, drop off your um, uh, material, the things that you have to drop off. They'll get it all fixed up for you. Give you a call and you can come back and get it very soon. You can find you can call them at 407-834-8555. That's 407-834-8555. Network Sound and Video, where your memories last forever. And of course, you can always find them at NetworkSoundAndVideo.com. Now let's go back to Gretchen Smith, founder of the organization Code of Vets, which assists U.S. military veterans, which includes raising money as well. Now, Gretchen, I'd like to uh, and what, what, before we go further, I'd just love to have you share how can people find you? I know they can find you on Twitter. Can you share your website and other ways that uh, people can find you? Absolutely. So, yeah, our primary place is where we actually started Code of Vets was, you know, our Twitter page, Code of Vets. Uh, we also have our website, codevets.com, where you can scroll through and read about us, uh, donate, uh, and there's a lot of different information. Oh, my gosh, I have to share that last year we raised $791,000. So you can go to our financial page. We had a 1% operating cost because I'm a volunteer. My team are volunteers. We do not take a penny for paychecks. We have very little overhead because we operate from our homes. My partner, I uh, primarily run um, Code of Vets. Dr. Cindy Walters behind the scenes. She's, I'll explain in a, a few minutes what she does. But anyway, it's phenomenal. Our first full year as a nonprofit was last year. And we brought in almost a million dollars. And I have to say that almost every penny went to the veterans. It's, I'm proud of it. I can't – I'm so excited about that because it, this truly is for veterans, by veterans, and about veterans. Um, there, You know, there is no hidden agenda. We are a simple grassroots organization. And our mission is to take care of our own, one veteran at a time. And that's what we're doing. And we are incredibly effective at it. We're honing our skills as we go. We learned so much last year during our first year in operation this year has been much smoother because we've learned from our mistakes. And it's just, this is this is something that not, I don't, I don't know of any other vet org who operates purely on social media the way we do. And we have, a na- we, have, we have a small team, but we have a nationwide reach because of the platforms that we use. And it's powerful. And we can secure veterans in very serious situations within a matter of 24 to 48 hours, Roger. I'm, I'm incredibly proud of it. No, I really appreciate what you're doing, and, and you and it's really in the in the best American tradition, going all the way back to those brave Minutemen who uh, started everything to our our, our founding back in uh, April of 1775. Actually, and that's just each individual taking the initiative to do what they can do, big or small, to help uh, advance the cause of freedom, and in your case, support our, our military veterans. And I'm really pleased, we're thrilled that you're here to share with our listeners about the great work that you do. Now, Gretchen, could you? T- I'm curious about about your father, and I suspect you had to be very, very young. Um, did you Did you know your father, or how old were you when your father went to Vietnam? Oh, you know, he was in Vietnam before I was born, uh, so I did not know him. My experience with my dad, you know, I talked with my mom about when he initially came back from the service, but I remember him when he was a mass. He did get his life together on two separate occasions and had a number of years where he was okay. And as long as he was walking with God, um, God helped him with those demons that he struggled with. You know, and I was able to have a few conversations with that as an adult. And in, in one of them, he said, Gretchen, he said, uh, you know, I left a, a piece of my humanity, a piece of my soul back in the jungle. And Dad always struggled. He never did find peace with what he did. And one of the major reasons, I believe, that that happened, which is why um, Code of Vets is so important to me, is he went to the VA when he got home, and he his behavior was incredibly out of control. Um, my dad was in and out of jail. He was using drugs, drugs and alcohol to self-medicate because he couldn't get the – he couldn't stop the PTSD triggers. And he was having flashbacks and he would shake and he would wake up in the middle of the night and he would have my mom by the throat hanging up against the wall and, you know, she would be begging, please, you know, it's me, it's your wife, you're home. Um, and so he, he said, he went and told the doctor, he said, I need help. 
And do you know what the response to him was? Is Danny, you have something that's called shell shock. You need to suck it up and be a man. And basically what they told Dad was you need to shove it way down deep and never talk, uh, speak of it again. Uh, it, and that, that eventually those words killed my dad because my dad was a good soldier. He followed orders, and that's what they told him to do. And so he never did get that help. He never got that out of his system or he didn't talk through his experiences. And his best friend was blown up right beside him. He saved his life. Um, and he always had that question of why me and not him. And there were, and my dad was airborne. He was infantry. He did a lot. He, he killed many people. Uh, and he, when I say he cleared the jungle, uh, it, you know, he was the point man. Not only was he clearing the jungle, but anybody that was living, living breathing, man, woman, or child, he took them out. That was his job. And that's a lot for a human being to carry and not talk through or have any kind of therapy to kind of work through it. And so I just, I, you know, with my dad's journey and his story, I just wanted to use it to say, hey, we, you know, we, we, we need to do better than this. And the, I have to say the VA is not, they're not telling our soldiers, you know, to suck it up and not speak of it again. So we have made strides forward, but there's still a long way to go. We have a, a lot of work to do in our community and I just want our veterans to know that we've got you. We're here for you. I, you know, it doesn't matter, matter how far you've fallen, how low you've sunk. If you are on your knees crippled and you can't take that one step further, we will find a way. We will pick you up and drag you and carry you. We will find a solution to what is going on in your life. We will get you the help that you need. So that really is the heart of Code of Vets is I, you know, my dad didn't get the help that he needed but I'm not going to leave another man behind. And I've learned so many valuable lessons from my dad's life and his death. Thank you for sharing the story of your father and his inspiration of your efforts in the founding of Code of Vets. And uh, what a, what an incredible story. Thank you for sharing it with us. And we certainly, we, uh, you know, there, there's no words that can, can, can say to properly thank your father, Sergeant Danny Smiley, and the other veterans who, who, risked their lives and um, and have suffered so much as a result of, of their efforts to protect our freedom and our security and appreciate everything you're doing to help those uh, that are with us now. Before we go, um, in we, um, Gretchen, I, I would like to have you share a little bit about the way that you've been able to partner with Charlie Daniels because you know, Charlie Daniels, I've been a huge fan of Charlie Daniels going back to my college days and for, and he's always been just a great patriot and he's even becoming even more uh, active now in de- defending our constitutional freedoms. Can you talk about how you've part- partnered with him to help veterans? Oh my gosh, what an honor. He is such an American legend. I grew up on his music. I'm, you know, I'm a Southern girl and I absolutely love The Devil's Went Down to Georgia. Oh my goodness, it's one of my all-time favorites. Anyway, his partner in this, his business manager of 47 years and his partner in, they have their own vet org, The Journey Home Project. Well, his partner had been monitoring Code of Vets on Twitter, had to come across me in some of my live streams and how we assist veterans in the unique way that we do and was impressed by it. Uh, and we, we started, you know, building and reforming a relationship, and, he, you know, we got to know each other. And eventually, you know, he introduced us to Charlie, and Charlie loved what we were doing. And especially during this COVID pandemic, we, we had partnered in the past with several, to help several veterans. But now that's more of a permanent partnership in order to help get through this uh, pandemic, this crisis, there's 30 million people out of work. And a lot of those are veterans. And so I have been inundated. The numbers are astounding. And we had 560 veterans in one week reach out to us. And that's just one week alone. And, again, I tell you, my team's small. We're fierce. But we're a small team. And that's a, that's a lot for us to take on. And that's a lot of money, too, that we're in need of. So Charlie saw the need. His business, his business partner did, too. And they reached out to us and said, hey, we want to partner with you and help you through this. Because, you know, the veterans that we vet and we put out there, they're honorably discharged. They are good, hardworking men and women. They're just like you and I. They've lost their paychecks. They've lost their jobs. They've been furloughed, laid off. No ability to put food on the table, pay for the rent or mortgage, keep the running water, keep lights on for the kids. And it's, this is truly a, an unprecedented crisis in our country like we've never seen before. I've never seen numbers like this roll through our system. Our state systems are overwhelmed. A lot of these veterans and Americans in general are not getting their unemployment because they can't process 30 million people. They're not, it's not set up to function that way. So we literally are providing basic necessities for these veterans, and Charlie sees that, and he gets the, he gets the urgency. This is truly, we're operating in emergency mode, and he is on board with us 100%. 
he has been out there in the media, you know, sharing our partnership and pushing um, donors our way. And in two weeks, we, uh, he, or I should say he, because of his, you know, his legendary name, uh, he's such a force. And then, you know, the passion that I have about our veterans, we've made a, a fierce team. Uh, and we brought in $253,000 in two weeks. And I have to say, every single penny of that has gone back to veterans in crisis and need throughout our country. And it's not enough, Roger. It's not enough. We need more funds. Uh, as a matter of fact, right now, I have 131 vets and their families in need of roughly $125,000. Um, it's just the need is so great right now. And Charlie has been incredibly gracious in putting his name and his his status behind Code Vets in order to get us as many donations so that we can cover as many of these vets as possible. We can't cover them all, but, I'm, my, you know, darn it, we're trying. We appreciate everything you're doing. It's been a, a real thrill to have you join us on the Roger Franklin Williams Show today. Gretchen Smith, founder of Code of Vets. Look forward to having you back again soon and often. Thank you, Roger. And, and friends, you can find out more about this great organization on their website, it's codeofvets.com. That's C- code, C-O-D-E, of vets, V-E-T-S, dot com, or at Code of Vets on Twitter. Gretchen, thank you so much for, for joining us, and appreciate the work you do. Thank you for do. having me, Roger. Thank you for sharing our mission. Friends, we're going to go to break. and we come back, we'll hear from Representative Anthony Sabatini. Before we go to break, though, I want to Give a shout out to our friend, Dr. Patrick St. Germain and the great people over at St. Germain Chiropractic. Of course, they are essential and they're still working hard. Um, And I want to, of course, let you know that you can find them when you're in pain. Encourage you to call Dr. St. Germain at 855-WHEN-IN-PAIN. 855-WHEN-IN-PAIN. We'll be right back on The Roger Franklin Williams Show. Welcome back. Good to have you here for the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And now back to the studio. Here's Roger Franklin Williams. Friends, welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. It's great to be with you today. Hope you're enjoying the show. Really enjoyed speaking with Gretchen Smith, founder of Code of Vets, an organization that's dedicated to helping veterans especially those that are encountering problems of any kind, but especially problems um, reentering the civilian civilian life after their military service. And sadly, you know, as we pretty much all know, and as we heard specific accounts from Gretchen, there are a lot of problems that our veterans encounter. Um, and some of those are just things uh, getting caught up in the bureaucracy, uh, things, uh, practical things like um, reentering the workforce. You know, things like that. So um, it's great to have Gretchen Smith join us. Once again, you can find out more about her organization at codeofvets.com. That's C-O-D-E of vets, V-E-T-S dot com. Or follow her on Twitter at at codeofvets. Before we, we're gonna, looking forward to being joined by Representative Anthony Sabatini here in just a moment. Before we do, I want to, of course, Remind you about our friends over at Sheeler Auto Repair. Let you know that they're still open. They're an essential business, of course. You know, we still need to have our automobiles, and we still need to have them serviced and fixed during these difficult times. And the guys over at Sheeler Auto Repair are there to do that and do it with honesty, integrity, and dependability. I've been taking my car to Demetrius and Odysseus for literally over 20 years. Uh, I was one of their first customers, in fact. And... Um, I can uh, I you know, recommend them with the highest possible recommendation for not only their courtesy and their professionalism and their expertise, but they're just great guys. And you can find them at 1908 South Orange Blossom Trail, Apopka. That's 1908 South Orange Blossom Trail, which is, of course, Highway 441 uh, in Apopka. Sheeler Auto Repair. Get over to see Demetrius and Odysseus today and be sure to tell them. Roger Franklin Williams sent you. You can trust the guys at Sheeler Auto Repair. Now we're pleased to be joined by Representative Anthony Sabatini on our program today. And let's go to him right now. And Representative Sabatini, it's a thrill to have you joining us. I've followed uh, the great work that you do uh, via Facebook and other uh, venues. And it's great to have you uh, share a little bit about that with our listeners today. 
Hey, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Thanks for the opportunity. You know, and obviously um, you are one of the things that got my attention about you and is that you are a, a true advocate of our constitutional freedoms, and I would say a vocal advocate and a very effective one, and you've distinguished yourself in that area, so I'm very pleased that you can join us on our show. Of course, um, you know, my opinion is, which I've been sharing for weeks now with our listeners, is I think this COVID-19 crisis uh, has really been the biggest threat to our civil liberties, constitutional liberties, uh, in my lifetime. And possibly, one, and I would say, one of the biggest threats our country's ever had. And that's the way I see it. Personally, I think the, the so-called cure, <laughs> the consequences of the so-called cure, which is the lockdown, um, are, are, are much potentially much more devastating and maybe even already, well, well, not maybe, already more devastating than than the effects of, of, of the virus. So that's that's my position, just so you'll know a little bit about, about our background, where uh, our take on our program, our point of view. Um, and I think the threat to our civil liberties is just, is just extraordinary um, and, and chilling, actually. I, but, I couldn't agree with you. I could not agree with you uh, anymore. I 100% agree. I think this has been a national disaster at the political level. I don't think the virus truly was the game changer in, in, in hurting this country, uh, hurting its constitution, hurting its economy, hurting everything, and hurting the society. I think it was the government's response. It was the failure of the government's response. I think every politician essentially has failed miserably uh, how to appropriately react to this virus. I think all 50 governors really have done you know, equal, a, a bad job. Some obviously far, far worse than others, but nobody's really done a good job. And it's shameful because the fog, you know, it's like the fog of war. People can't really rise above what's going on right now to kind of look at it historically. But I think historians are going to look back and, and, and note the abject failure to do what was considered the right thing, which I think would have been very, very quickly having economic precautions and, and mobility precautions similar to Sweden to make sure that we're just maintaining basic social distancing without destroying the economy. Number two, not limiting uh, anything that uh, in the Constitution when it comes to due process, right to travel, uh, right of assembly, right of freedom of religion, you know, banning churches, arresting pastors. This whole thing has been a complete and total disaster, and it's shocking to see how many people were so very quickly complicit with it, simply because talking heads on media said, hey, if you do this, then less people will die. First of all, on that, there was actually no evidence. Uh, whatsoever that these precautions are actually going to save lives. If you look at the numbers, countries like uh, Singapore and Sweden uh, that took no precautions whatsoever, shut nothing down whatsoever, did not restrict liberty whatsoever, uh, have nearly identical fatality rates to the countries that did. So countries like the United States or Germany, um, France, Italy, Spain, that shut everything down, basically the, the spread was nearly identical in places that did nothing. Uh, and that's because the virus is a very unique thing, and it, it spread. Uh, it, it had its own way of spreading. There's some debate as to whether the shutdown and lockdown orders actually exacerbated the spread because you lock people in the closed, confined areas like homes and grocery stores. So that probably, I think, historians and epidemiologists, scientific historians, would debate whether that actually made it worse. I think it probably did. And uh, then there's the lack of regional approach. I mean. Maybe, maybe there is an argument about whether New York City should have been locked down in the tri-state area. But it's unfathomably stupid that anywhere, anywhere outside that immediate area was locked down or even did anything uh, to restrict the economy or civil liberties. Pure human stupidity. And sadly, there's only really two politicians in Florida, at least at the state legislative level, that have spoken out against it. That's the Speaker of the House and myself. Everyone else really has been afraid to say anything uh, and push back against what the governor's been doing. I've, I'm a fan of Donald Trump. I'm a fan of Ron DeSantis. I back both of them, support both of them. I think they've both gotten this horribly wrong. They've been totally misled. And, you know, it might have just been the fear of the thing that got them there because the estimates in the beginning were so bad. There was supposed to be millions dead. But we knew by April 4th those estimates were completely wrong. I mean, literally a month ago today, we knew those estimates were completely wrong at that point. I think even before that, but even at that point, that's when you should have said, let's open the schools, let's open all the businesses and everything else. Here we are four weeks later. We're about to head into the, the largest recession since World War II, and yet we're still having a, a debate about whether we should be opening barbershops. It's unfathomably stupid. 
it's a historic government failure, and it's really quite embarrassing. Thank you for being here to share your thoughts, and I agree 100% with you. Um, now, we're speaking with State Representative Anthony Sabatini on the Roger Franklin Williams Show right now. He represents primarily the Lake County area in the Florida legislature. And Representative Sabatini, I, we've got uh, probably time for one more question before we go to our break, and then I'd love to have you stay with us uh, if you can. Uh, but I, I, if I understand correctly, based on what I, I you know, saw on Facebook, you as an attorney uh, in civilian life, you had a big victory uh, in terms of protecting the rights of citizens, particularly during this uh, shutdown. Can you share that with us? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I appreciate the question, um, Roger. It's an interesting uh, one. This is what happened with that. So a buddy of mine got hired as an attorney by a man who was arrested three weeks ago in Pinellas County. Um, he was arrested for violating two, uh, quote-unquote, laws, both of them emergency orders. One was the local county emergency order shut down, and then the other one was the state emergency order, 20-91, of the, the lockdown at the state level. And it's claimed that he violated both by opening up his card game store and selling curbside cards. Uh, he was arrested. The sheriff came on the spot. Uh, he hired my friend Gordon. Like I said, he like I mentioned, he was actually a friend of mine. So Warren called me and said, hey, I know you're interested in this stuff. You want to get on the case. So I got on the case pro bono to do it for free. And then after a day or two of raising kind of our legal argument and blowing up social media and the media picked it up, the next day they actually the, the state attorney actually dropped the case. Technically, they didn't drop the case. What they did is they said, we're not going to file the charges. We're, not, we're going to basically toss out the arrest and not move forward with it. And this is after they sat on the case for two weeks. So, you know, a reporter called me and asked me this morning, what happened? And, I, you know, they said that one of the deputies at the state attorney's office says, oh, there's just a, you know, technical error here. And it seems like the, uh, you know, the uh, um, defendant said he's going to comply in this way or that. Now, I say it's, they're giving pretext responses now because the real reason they dropped the case is, and this is important for, I think, all your listeners to know and, and all Floridians and Americans, really, there is no real constitutional validity or even statutory validity to these emergency orders. They're extra legal. They're not legal orders. They're only being complied with because of the threat of arrest. By that, I mean, yes, if you open up your barbershop or your liquor store, you could be arrested. And that's the, that's the punishment in itself, and nobody's going to do it. But the truth of the matter is if you're arrested and you challenge it legally, it's going to be tossed out in court, and the entire order is going to be struck down. I believe that the state attorney's office knew this. That's why they didn't want to move forward with the case, because even at the first hearing, I think they would have a judge would have had to actually rule on the legal basis of the emergency orders. They would have struck it down, and that would have been chaos for the state. So that's why they actually never moved forward with the case, and they dropped it uh, four days ago. Um, that's not going to prevent them from being sued, though. There's actually other litigation. I think the first civil lawsuit, which we're considering filing next week, we got kind of beat to the punch, though. There's been a civil lawsuit filed in the federal Southern District of Florida, uh, emergency injunctive uh, declaration for relief, basically to strike down the entire order uh, as being unconstitutional. It's actually a bartender that is suing. So no, we'll I, I, that I appreciate, that. appreciate your efforts very much, and I think that's what it's going to take is is people pushing back, and in your case, pushing back aggressively and as well as effectively but um, you know, I, so I, it really gratifies my heart to see what you did specifically, and, and your your attorney friend did, uh, because that's you know I, I think if we just kind of sit here and take it, there's there's really nowhere telling where this 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 could go, um, and of course I think there are forces in our country that want it to go in a very bad direction. By me, what I mean by that is is um, you know civil liberties, constitutional rights being infringed, if not full blown taken away, and power of government expanding and free market receding, and uh, you know so called progressive slash socialist economic policies uh, taking the place of them. Um, but anyway, we're going to go to a break here in just a minute, Representative Sabatini, uh, and uh, love to have you join. You know, look forward to having you join us when we come back from that break in just a minute. But before, good. before we go to break, of course, I want to let everybody know, give another word from our friends over at Glen Tatum Septic. Homeowners and business owners depend on Glen Tatum Septic Tank Services for quality septic tank services and much more. Whether you need a repair or replacement, the technicians at Glen Tatum Septic offer sales, service, and installation on all types of septic systems. You can find out more at TatumSeptic.com. That's TatumSeptic.com, T-A-T-U-M. 
or just give them a call at 407-814-9098. That's 407-814-9098. Glenn Tatum Septic, still on the road as an essential business, serving their customers and helping to keep our central Florida economy moving. We'll be right back on the Roger Franklin Williams Show with Representative Anthony Sabatini, so please stay with us. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And now, here's Roger. And this is my turn. Welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. It's great to have you joining us today. I want to let you know how much I appreciate you joining us during these difficult times. And I appreciate getting the feedback. I've had uh, you know quite a few of our listeners uh, be in touch with me in various ways, uh, social media, even old-fashioned handwritten letters. And I appreciate the feedback that we're getting, email, of course, and especially want to give a sh- another shout-out to our longtime loyal listener, uh, Don and Teeny Fannin. Uh, and I always loved hearing from him and, uh, and them, and I've heard some, uh, had some great uh, correspondence from them just recently. I want to, we'll go back to Representative Anthony Sabatini in just a moment on the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Before we do, I want to give you another quick word about the, the guys over at, Sheila, over at Apopka Moore and Equipment Repair. And I want you to know that if you live in the greater Apopka, Northwest Orange County area, South Seminole County, or South Lake County, or West Orange County, uh, wet, you know, the wet Winter Garden, Okoy, Gotha, Windermere areas, Tildenville, Apopka Mower and Equipment Repair is your one-stop center for all of your lawn and garden needs. Apopka Mower and Equipment Repair, it's where they sell the best and they fix the rest. You can find them at 2975 West Orange Blossom Trail. That's Highway 441 north of Apopka between Plymouth Serena Road and the 429. Or just or you can find them online at apopkamower.com. And be sure to tell them Roger Franklin Williams sent you. They're an essential business. They are still open serving their customers. Now let's go back to Representative Anthony Sabatini, representing Lake County in the Florida Legislature. And now I've got a couple of Representative Sabatini, uh, and he's been a consistent voice and force, more than a voice. He's actually taken action, as we're hearing, to preserve the rights of citizens during these lockdowns as a result of this COVID-19 crisis. Now, can you? I just got a practical political question for you, um, and I realize most of it's going to be speculation, but you, know, you are you know, an elected official in the Republican Party, and you, as you said, you're a, a, a strong supporter of, of President Trump. I have been you know, a little surprised by President Trump's, uh, the way that he's handled this, by being, I, I hate to use the word compliant, because that's not usually a word you have with, associate with Donald Trump. But I, you know, I just, I, I'm, I'm kind of surprised that he hasn't pushed back more either externally or, or behind the scenes. Do you have any insights there? Or do you have any thoughts about that? I don't have direct insight, but from what I've heard and it's been speculated, and I feel like it's kind of leaked out a little bit, is that basically the White House right now is driven almost exclusively by the poll numbers on this thing. And because the media has been so effective in scaring people and basically confusing them and lying to them, once again, about the severity of this whole thing, it's led to a spike of terrified people, and Trump doesn't want to look like he's uh, ignoring that threat, the, the threat. And um, so that's why he's been really um, putting his foot, you know, on the brakes on this. You know that he would have probably fired Fauci and all these people way back. He just would have literally tossed them off the stage and never listened to them. But because the media has been so effective in scaring the bejesus out of the people, he feels that that would be a move that would hurt him in the polls. And obviously, we have November coming along, so he's, he's a little bit less willing to do that. I think that is why... Uh, and I think one thing that that helps make sense of is the, the, the argument he had with Brian Kemp, the governor of Georgia. I think the governor's done the best nationwide, along with maybe the South Dakota governor, on handling this thing. I still don't think they've done a very good job, but I, but but better than most. And you know, the governor of the uh, the White House blasted Kemp uh, for being the first state in the nation to open everything up, uh, even though you know the data showed that they had flattened the curve and all that way back, and it was just completely needless. They were needlessly keeping the state closed. But the reason they blast them is I think the White House's PR folks are sensitive to the fact that 
if governors are opening quickly, it's White House directed, and so therefore it's a reflection of Trump trying to open the state when people are still nervous. The truth of the matter is, I mean, you know, yeah, you said it's political, you know, purely political question or you know, practical politics. If I was in that position, I would just rip the bandaid off, open everything. You get scolded immediately, but as the numbers don't spike and the economy starts to recover, then people realize that you're right all along and still, you'll actually benefit from it. But I think that they're taking the more cautious, scared response of just tiptoeing forward. And, of course, we're going to have irreparable harm to the economy because of that and to the Constitution. But that's what they're doing. It's the strategy they've chosen. So, No, no thank you for sharing your insights and, and your, your informed opinion. I, one more question to follow up because this—I mean, this is almost a topic for a whole show, and um, there's so many other questions. But now, you know, I hear—you know—I see people, you know, uh, advocating for for President Trump, and they're advancing the the, the theory or the idea, uh, which is very plausible. That you know, obviously, as you said, just uh, the the overall hysteria puts him in a difficult position, um, and may, and he's actually playing chess, if you will, behind the scenes. You know, doing whatever he does to influence people, to to outflank people, whatever uh, behind the scenes, and he's got a, a bigger, grander, grander end game. Do you, what do you think about that? Yeah, I do. I mean, I think they have a winning strategy. Uh, they're going to get to where they need to be, and uh, you know, he he's got to consider the fact. Always remember the fact, as we all should, that you know, as bad as it sounds, the Democrats will literally do anything. I mean, I mean that literally. They will do anything to beat him again and to take back power. That actually means, translated, that they would root for a Great Depression or a recession or a destruction of the economy in order to have political baggage on Donald Trump. That's what they would do. I mean, they would, they've said it openly. You've seen some of these hosts and folks say, you know, I'm okay with a recession if it means getting Donald Trump out of the White House. They have, they have a rational hatred towards them. It's almost a mental disorder. And that, that's really what they're rooting for. That's actually one of the real reasons why they want to extend the lockdowns. They know that if you extend lockdowns, you'll completely destroy the economy. And then people will, at that point, I think masses of people will say, you know what? This requires a massive expansion of government and a government-led response, centralized government response. So obviously that helps Democrats uh, overall, both in the long term and the short term. So that's the that's the real reason they want everything locked down. That's why you've seen some of these states say, hey, we're doing the lockdown. I saw Yesterday, the, the Oregon governor, one of the state, states least affected, I think it's number 40 out of 50 states for total cases, say that they're extending their lockdown to the second week of July. It's completely insane. Uh, the lockdown should have never existed. If they did, it should have been, just been newer. But here we are talking about whether they should be extended to July. So, you know, that's, I think, the real motive uh, from the DNC and, uh, you know, some of the, our friends on the left of what, why, why they're for the lockdowns. Thank you for giving your insights there, because, and I'll just share very briefly, uh, and our listeners know this because I shared it immediately about four or five weeks ago or longer. I begin to see that right from the jump, and I begin to see it on Facebook. One of the things that I began to see on Facebook was literally um, every liberal Democrat, and I don't have a ton of liberal Democrat friends, but I do have some. You know, I have friends from sports and other endeavors, et cetera, uh, on Facebook. Uh, but every single person who was just pushing this thing or selling it or, you know, had stay at home on their, you know, on their picture on their Facebook page was, was a partisan liberal Democrat. I don't mean just yeah. a, just a liberal Democrat. I mean, you know, activist, you know, involved in campaigns, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And I begin to think, wow, that's, that's what, a, what a coincidence. And then pretty much about that same exact time, within a day or two or so, I begin to notice that all the governors that coming out with the most draconian uh, lockdowns uh, and responses and the most hysterical uh, you know, predictions and so forth were all Democrat governors. You know, and um, you, know, you haven't seen one Democrat governor do anything like even DeSantis um, or, yeah. or, or, or certainly. Um, uh, but and, I, and one of the first things I noticed was. The governor of Montana shut. He was one of the first to shut a state down, and you know they've got inherent social distancing just because hardly anybody lives yeah. there. Uh, but anyway, that's that. I, so I think you made a very insightful comment. I appreciate you sharing it with our listeners. I've, I've noticed the same thing here from from out from a, from afar, if you will. But um, it's interesting to get your perspective from from you know somebody who's in the legislature and and, and you know it deals with people every day. I do have another practical question. Um, and I think you're, you're very quick to address it, not only as a state representative, but as an attorney. What would what would happen where, say, if it, the point, and I'll just use, um, you know, 
Florida as an example, if, if Governor DeSantis said, okay, we can allow, uh, I'm okay to allow haircuts, if you will, or hair salons or any other business, it doesn't matter the business, but the, a local, you know, say county mayor, if you will, or, or local governing authority in the county level says, no, we're not going to. How would that be resolved? Well, sadly enough, the governor has, presently has, and always will have, the power to strike any of the local emergency orders or to adjust any local regulation. He can at any time strike any of those heinous things down. And what's really disappointing to me is that Governor DeSantis hasn't done it yet. Uh, you know, I, I'm okay. If you, if, if Governor DeSantis makes the best approach, the statewide approach, I still think it would be local unless they go too crazy. You know, that's fine. But why allow some of these local governments to just literally crack down and harm citizens like they did in Pinellas County? Um, and that's why I took that case. But um, the governor should, if it was me, absolve all the local ordinances and then plan them from Tallahassee. With that being said, he would obviously, if I was him, I would delete them all and then maybe actually just have some measures in the, the hot area of Miami, Miami, Dade, and Broward. Um, and that would be it. But, but, but the fact that we're taking a, a statewide approach, and we're not preempting some of these, these kooky, crazy local government orders, which, let's be honest, it's all virtue signaling. The local county commissioners will enhance, you know, create, like they did in Seminole County and some of these places, really egregious, ridiculous restrictions, and then they do it to say, look, this is how much we care. You know, the governor cares this much, but we care this much because we've done this instead. And um, that's, just, that's just crazy, but it's what's happening. I wish he would just strike them down. Well, it's been great to have you joining us today. I look forward to having you back again uh, soon on the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Thanks, Roger. Take care. Representative Anthony Sabatini, I've got one quick question before you go. Now, are, are you, uh, do you have an opponent? Are you going to be on, on the ballot this November? Yes, I am on the ballot this November. i got three Democrats uh, running against me. Each one is uh, a little bit crazier than the next. So it's going to be a, a fun fundraise. Looking forward to the debates. Yeah, me too. I'm looking forward to that, and I'm looking forward to getting out and, and helping you some too. So we appreciate you joining us. Best wishes. Appreciate it, Roger. Take care. Representative Anthony Sabatini of the Florida Legislature represents primarily Lake County in the legislature's first appearance on the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Very glad he was here to share with you. So that's going to wrap about bring us to an end, friends, on our show today. It's been great to be with you. I want to thank our producer, Jeff. Thank great guests. Gretchen Smith, founder of Code of Vets, the outstanding organization which was founded to assist our U.S. military veterans and help them navigate the many problems and obstacles that veterans encounter. It's dedicated to her father, her late father, Sergeant Danny E. Smiley, airborne infantry veteran of Vietnam, where he was awarded the Bronze Star, uh, died from complications of PTSD at the age of 57. Great to have Representative Anthony Sabatini join us on the show as well today. And I want to, before we go, want to of course give a shout out to our sponsors and to make our program possible. Well, that's going to be it for the Roger Franklin Williams Show today. We look forward to joining you next week. Have a wonderful week. <laughs>